0: New England, the northeastern corner of the United States, a region rich in history and well known for its incredible autumn foliage. However, aside from these attractive aspects of this area, there do indeed exist many haunting legends and mysteries that have become an inseparable part of its folklore, cultivating the morbid curiosities of countless people with enough courage to explore. New England is where I was born and raised, so I'm more than happy to talk about only a few of the terrifying things attributed to my home. Ancient Ruins Primarily scattered across the states of Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and Connecticut are the curious, megalithic ruins of dubious origin. Many of these structures are subterranean chambers, usually located beneath the hillsides of the landscape. These chambers can be best described as beehive like. They are usually accessed through tunnels, which are also composed of mortarless stonework. It was initially believed that these chambers were the cellars of early settlers. However, records show that the chambers were already of pre existence when the colonists began to settle the region. In addition, these chambers would not have been suitable for the storage of food as the floors were only bare soil. It was then believed that the chambers were originally constructed by Native Americans. Even so, many scholars argue that this is not accurate, as no other similar structures exist elsewhere in North America. One notable location is what many call America's Stonehenge, or Mystery Hill. This archaeological site near North Salem, New Hampshire is strewn with boulders and megalithic assemblies, many of which align with the spring and autumn equinoxes. But perhaps the most bizarre megalith of Mystery Hill is what many believe to be a sacrificial table, a large, flat stone with carved gutters thought to have been used to drain the blood of victims. Another enigmatic site is Gunjiwamp, near the town of Groton, Connecticut. This location consists of two concentric circles of stones at its center, as well as an underground stone chamber with astronomical alignments. Radiocarbon dating has shown these arcane structures strewn across New England were built well over 4,000 years ago. Aside from the historical significance of these ruins, many explorers have reported hearing disembodied voices and seeing shadows dart through these labyrinths of underground cavities. Regardless of whether these were built by Native Americans, early European explorers, or another extinct race of human beings altogether, the stone chambers and megaliths of New England are undoubtedly one of the greatest archaeological mysteries of our time. The Glastonbury Mysteries Located near Bennington, Vermont, is a place seeped in great apprehension and uncertainty. From unsolved disappearances to a vanishing town, this area is seldom visited by natives of the region. Indeed, both the long-forsaken town of Glastonbury and the notorious mountain wielding the same name have been subject to speculation and rumors by the surrounding denizens. Although the inevitable corrosion of nature has claimed most of it, the cellar ruins of this vanished community can still be stumbled upon. The town of Glastonbury was founded in 1761, before the state of Vermont even existed. The mountain upon which it rested possessed a copious amount of woodland, thus attracting the lumber industry. Slowly, but surely, Glastonbury began to flourish in the 19th century. The town could be divided by the communities of Fayville, a logging town, and South Glastonbury, where the main industrial activities took place. As the lumber industry began to decline, the town was soon transformed into a tourist attraction in 1894. This meant that the loggers' boarding house had to be transformed into a hotel. The town opened up as a summer vacation destination in 1897. While their first season was exceedingly successful, issues began to arise. Due to many of the trees being stripped from the mountain, the land was predisposed to soil erosion and flooding. A year later, a crippling flood shut down the town permanently, after the majority of the roads had been washed out. Nobody was willing to rebuild what was damaged, and thus the town quietly fell into decay over the decades until scarcely anything was left. After its abandonment, odd occurrences began to transpire. On November 12, 1945, 75 year old Middle Rivers was guiding a group of campers over the mountain. According to the story, he became too far ahead of the group and has since then never been seen again. Then, in 1946, a college student named Paula Weldon went hiking on one of the trails of Glastonbury Mountain, and was also never seen again. In 1949, three hunters ventured into the depths of Glastonbury Mountain and also vanished. In 1950, on October 12th, 8-year-old Paul Jepson went out into the woods of Glastonbury and disappeared His scent was tracked by dogs who soon lost his trail near a highway. Soon thereafter, on October 28th of 1950, Freda Lander vanished during a hike with her cousin. She had separated with her cousin as she was going back to her camp to change her clothes. Freda was never seen after this point. Following her disappearance, a massive search conducted by police and volunteers surveyed the wilderness, but only in vain. It was not until the following May that her remains were discovered in a field, which, strangely enough, had already been extensively searched. In addition to this, many others have also gone missing in the Glastonbury area. Some individuals claim that the legends of the land being cursed, as well as the stories of strange demons inhabiting the hillsides, predate the time period of early settlers, saying that the Native Americans even avoided the land centuries ago. Other myths involve a serial killer who once inhabited the mountain and lured unsuspecting hikers to a secluded location whereupon he would kill them. Interestingly enough, a New York Times article from October 18, 1879 claims that an ape-like man near the vicinity was spotted by locals. Other tales of the region include ethereal lights and flashes emanating from the mountain. Whatever the truth may be, it's probably best that one stays far from Glastonbury Mountain, lest they wish to uncover its rather forbidden secrets. The Dover Demon Imagine driving home one evening, when suddenly within the radiance of your headlights, you catch a glimpse of something extraordinarily not-human. This was the case in 1977 for 17-year-old William Bartlett and his two friends, Mike Mazzocca and Andy Brody. On April 21st at 10.32pm, William and his friends were driving home on Farm Street in Dover, Massachusetts. Then, without warning, an otherworldly creature is spotted on a crumbling stone wall in front of their vehicle's headlights on the left side of the road. They stop when they realize the uncanny being is neither a dog nor a cat. Crawling on four legs, its two large eyes resting within its watermelon-shaped head glow a bright orange. The entity's limbs are long and spiny, with large hands and feet. Its skin is peachy and hairless, the fingers overextending and slender. The thing gazes upon them before crawling away, in the encircling shadows. That same night at around 12 a.m., 15-year-old John Baxter departs from his girlfriend's house and begins walking up the street to his own home. As he continues along, he is approached by a figure. John assumes the figure is a neighbor who lives nearby. When he calls out to the thing standing before him, he receives no response. Becoming worried, John takes a few steps forward, and the ghoulish figure immediately crawls down into the shallow, wooded ravine. Unaware of what the thing truly is, John follows it through the woods, hearing it crunch in the dried, withered leaves. Then without warning, John spots the creature standing above him, on the other side of the ravine. It's during this moment that he realizes precisely how unnatural the creature truly is. Fearing the being will attack, John hurries through the woods and finds himself on Farm Street. After this, he hitches a ride home from a couple who spot him. Since these two incidents, there have been similar reports in the area. This creature has become recognized worldwide as the Dover Demon. Many skeptics believe that this unearthly being was actually nothing more than a lost baby moose. However, others argue that it would have been the wrong time to see baby moose during the year, let alone the fact that the only moose sightings at the time were in central Massachusetts. Regardless, what is certain is that the Dover Demon is a story that will only continue to root itself deep in New England's folklore. The Woodstock Vampires The epidemic of tuberculosis in the 19th century caused widespread panic across the country, and New England was no exception. People would often come up with incredibly unreasonable origins as to what or who caused the diseases that afflicted so many. Quite often, the blame for an unknown disease was vampirism, and while most of these tales were merely conjured up by the superstitious minds of grief-stricken families, There are some stories to this day that continue to leave many puzzled. One such story is known as the Vampires of Woodstock. In 1834, the Corwin family was confounded when their oldest son perished from a mysterious sickness. Shortly after his burial, another son became ill with the same unknown morbidity. The inhabitants of the town began to suspect that the cause of this inexplicable illness was a vampire. Making haste, the townspeople hurried to Cushing Cemetery of Woodstock and unearthed the oldest son's corpse in an attempt to stop the latent vampire. The cadaver was consequently burned, and the ashes were sealed in an iron container, which was soon thereafter promptly buried. However, years later, a group of mischievous boys decided to unearth the ashes late one night. As they pulled the iron container from the ground, they were instantly swarmed by deathly screams and malevolent voices chanting. Thus, the boys fled far into the heart of midnight, evading the dark spirits that they had invoked. In addition, there are other stories involving vampires in the region, similar to the one in Woodstock. On February 14, 1817, a young man by the name of Frederick Ransom contracted a strange illness and thereafter died. He was subsequently buried, but his father believed that he was rising from the grave and visiting his living family members at night. Frederick's father, therefore, had his son's corpse exhumed soon after cutting out the heart, which was immediately burned. But regrettably, this did nothing to save his family from the unknown sickness. Mrs. Ransom fell ill to the strange disease in 1821, followed by her daughter in 1828, and two sons in 1830, in 1832. While many more people believed in vampiric curses during these times, one thing was for certain it was an illness that they had a very limited understanding of. And the myths will continue to live on in the hearts and minds of New Englanders. Wizard's Glen Devil. Located four miles from Pittsfield, Massachusetts, within the Berkshire Hills, is a place that is perhaps the most unhallowed in all of New England. Wizard's Glen is a small, quiet hollow with an overwhelmingly sinister past. It's believed that Native American shamans used the location to communicate with the spirits. However, others believe that, more specifically, it was used to communicate with the spirit of evil where human sacrifices would be offered on the rock that is known as the Devil's Altar. The dark red stains on the stone were believed by the nearby townspeople to be the stains of blood, although they have since been proven to be iron ore deposits. According to the story, in 1770, a man who was hunting a deer came upon the glen. After killing the animal, an abrupt thunderstorm came out of nowhere. Without wasting any time, the man hid the deer beneath a boulder and then quickly hid himself beneath another one of the large rocks. The man had a perfect view of the devil's altar, and as the tempest raged on, something very peculiar began to occur. It was said that the devil himself appeared on the rock. A wreath of lightning around his neck ominously illuminated the surroundings. By his side were many horrible wraiths and demons. Then, suddenly, a young Native American maiden was brought forth upon the blasphemous altar. As the devil raised his ceremonial blade, the frightened woman looked at the man. It was at this moment that her scared face caused him to take action against the unholy ritual. Taking out his Bible and raising it upward, he declared the name of God, and all at once, everything ceased to be. The devil and his imps vanished altogether. In our modern times, this tale may indeed seem ridiculous, but the Devil's Altar at Wizard's Glen still stands to this day, remaining a location of nightmare and superstition. And I'll see you next time. Thanks to all of you for your support. The Seriously Strange Podcast is made possible due in part to contributions made by our listeners like you. So if you would like to keep the Seriously Strange podcast online and accessible, please consider pressing the link that says support the show in the description of any podcast episode. You can then choose your preferred way to donate and send a contribution our way, because we can't do this without our listeners' support. If you decide to contribute, it's tremendously appreciated, and we thank you so much. We read every single message included with each contribution, so feel free to include your comments or even make a request for a future topic. Thanks for listening. We've got a lot more in store for you. Take care and enjoy your next episode.